talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome into View from the West, the podcast covering high school football on the western side of the state of Illinois. We're covering the Western Big Six, the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, the Lincoln Trail Conference, and the Northwest Upstate Illini. And of course, we're covering eight-man football. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong, joined once again by Mitch Stormer. Mitch, this week, our season previews take us into the conference you know oh so well, the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. Are you ready to talk about all things Three Rivers, the conference you grew up in? Yeah, uh, a lot to talk about. You know, uh, pretty recent breaking news in the conference and, and really looking at all these uh, kind of season or I should, yeah, season previews, I should say. There's a lot of a lot of options here. You know, there's a lot of teams that I think bring a lot back. There's a lot of teams that have some questions to answer. So I think for the most part, I think maybe the top two Two teams from last year will probably still be there, but I think there's there's some opportunity for some teams to really make a step this year. Yes, a lot to break down. In this episode, we will talk about every single team in the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. We'll talk about the players on those teams that are going to make an impact, names you should watch for, and the storylines going into the season. Last week, I was joined by Kyle Kampmeyer, and we did the NUIC and the eight-man season preview. So go back and listen to that one if you have not yet. Next week, Mitch, we're going to be talking the Lincoln Trail Conference. That'll be on August August 8th. On August 15th, we'll post our Western Big Six season preview. I'm still working on the logistics, but I'm hoping to bring in, you know, the score squad, the guys from WQAD, Matt Randazzo, Corey Cuffler, maybe even get in Brian Stocking. But once he gets stocking in... Once he gets stocking in, you got to control him. So well, it's it's a good thing you just told me you upgraded that Zoom account because you're going to need all that time if you get <laughs> Brian stocking on one. Yeah, that's that is absolutely true. Mitch, let's jump right into it. Yeah. You talked about we had a bit of breaking news. We're going to start in the Three Rivers Rock Division. Some unfortunate breaking news. The Riverdale High School football program has announced that they will not be able to field a varsity football team this year. Riverdale administration notified parents on July 27th that the school could not field a varsity program. They only had seven players in their junior and their senior class. So Mitch, it's just, you know, it's, it's surprising when you see it, but we kind of know that football numbers are down and obviously these smaller schools, a lot of them are only getting smaller. So I hope this isn't a trend that continues, but it's sad to see it happen in our local area for sure. We've seen it here more recently, um, and Riverdale is just is going to have a tough, a tough time, and had to make that hard decision to to cancel a season. So you know, even with seven numbers, that's you know seven hearts that really have to be broken that they can't play uh, their final season. So uh, yeah, big bummer for for them. Um, always always had fun competing against Riverdale. Um, they're they're really good athletic school you know they're a really good basketball basketball school they're they're really good at golf really good at, at baseball so um tough that they just can't can't seem to get on track here following covid um but they're certainly not alone so we hope that uh they use this year they are going to continue playing jv football get some kids some experience you know west carroll went through the same thing and they, they came back so there's going to be options for them so we wish them the best and uh, we'll uh, we'll miss covering them this year that's for sure you know, Guy Derricks is a great head football coach. I, I've really enjoyed covering him over the years. He started in um, 
you know, Louisa Muscatine, small school in Iowa, and then made his way to Davenport North um, on the Iowa side of the river. And that was a program that had been dormant for years. And he really built it back up and kind of made a name for that program and then moved to Riverdale. And, you know, he's trying to kind of do that same rebuild. And this is a tough blow, but I, I know I really hope that he can, you know, continue it. This isn't, you know, this isn't the end of the story for them for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, even going back, he's older than, than I am, but he was a star for Riverdale back in the day. So, you know, he comes back to his alma mater, um, you know, trying to get things going. So um, hopefully they have their heads up. Uh, we're wishing them, like we both said, wishing them the best and hope to be talking about them next season. Yeah. So the interesting dynamic here now in the three rivers is that everybody's looking for an opponent somewhere yep. in the middle of their schedule. Uh, we yep. did see on Twitter that Monmouth Roseville filled the opening with Nokomis, who's an independent yep. school in week seven. I know Sherrard was looking for an opponent to fill that week. I believe they were week nine. So yep. it gets, you know, it gets really tricky because I think Riverdale tried to hold out hope for as long as they could, that they could feel the team. But then when push came to shove, they knew that it, you know, it wasn't going to be realistic to feel the varsity roster but it still kind of puts some of these teams in a tough spot trying to right. find an opponent, you know, this late in the game. So we should, you know, we'll be following along for sure. We'll see, you know, as, um, as the season gets closer, if there are some more, you know, teams that are able to fill that spot. Right. And I, the, the, the Nokomis and Monmouth Roseville thing, um, I don't want to say that it got kind of solved through Twitter. Um, but as soon as that news kind of came out, you know, you saw a couple teams saying, and I, I remember seeing a, a tweet from Nokomis saying that, hey, we needed an opponent. And sure enough, the next day they had a game. So, um, you know, I, I, I've told the story before when I played, we had to do this and, and we ended up playing Tuscola. And I don't, I don't understand how teams did it prior to, prior to Twitter. So, um, <laughs> you know, hopefully uh, uh, as we keep spreading the messages around and, and things like that, we, you know, we'll, we'll continue to do that if someone has an open, an open week. You, you never know because even though Riverdale is canceling for uh, low numbers, we could see like we did last year where week by week we may have a cancellation. So, um, you know, hopefully for, for these teams in the Three Rivers, they can find a game. Obviously, if they don't, they, they get the win anyway. If they're on the verge of a playoff, that might hurt them a little bit in terms of points. But, um, you know, they'll be all right. And uh, like we said, there should be some opportunities to get those fill-in games uh, squared away. Yep. Well, let's jump into the games that will be played on the field in the Three Rivers Rock Division. Mitch, we'll start with Erie Prophetstown. Had a great yeah. season a year ago, went 7-2, and two, a first-round win over Clifton Central. And they fell short in the second round to a tough Bishop McNamara team. But last year's squad was senior heavy. They, you know, they lost one of our players of the year in Colby mm -hmm. Franks at quarterback. He was such an impact player for them. They need to replace nine starters on offense and eight starters on defense. So, you know, they they've had some work, you know, to do in this offseason. But I know that Coach Abbott is really looking forward to this group and kind of maintaining to not being kind of a one and done playoff team. Right. This is this is a chance for Erie Province Town to really uh, keep building, not even a rebuild, just keep building on what they had last year. You know, last year was the first time in their in their school history that they won the division in Three Rivers. So, um, yeah, losing losing a, a player like Franks, that's obviously going to be hard to, to recreate. One person's not going to be able to do it. They're really going to have to do it by committee. Um, Coach Abbott thinks that his one of his best strengths of this team is going to be team speed. We saw a lot of it with this, with this squad last year. So um, that's certainly going to give them uh, an upper hand in this conference. I think if they're able to utilize it the, the right way. 
Um, they're still going to be big. They were big last year. They're going to be big this year. Um, but as you said, if they can find those new players to fill in those gaps and they're ready to go, hopefully they're using that momentum from last season um, and it gave them motivation here in the workout, you know, and in the weight room and some workouts that they did seven on seven. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how, uh, how the Panthers are going to look on the field. Mitch, Coach Abbott thinks they might be faster than last Ooh. year. That's Ooh. That's a, I think that's a big statement. I mean, it, and I, I'm not saying I don't believe it, but they were, they were a fast team on, you know, on the field a year ago. So that's a statement. Yeah. With, with what we saw last year, that's, that's a huge statement. And really Greg, if they play those games at, at uh, Erie, that's a tough place to play. Sometimes you get the wind, you get the cold. So if they're going to have the speed, that's just an extra element that opponents will have to overcome. So um, yeah, looking forward to seeing this team. Well, let's go through some of the names to watch for for Erie Prophetstown. Jace Grunder, a name we talked about a little bit a year ago. He had nine touchdowns uh, rushing. He also had 13 receptions and 150 yards. So he's a returning starter. Clay Hockaday, um, a guard, was a second team all-conference. Uh, some other names that you know didn't necessarily have a big role last year statistically, but will jump in. Uh, Jack Minson at quarterback, Tyler Ballard is uh, jumping in at a running back slash wide receiver. So, you know, there's a uh, Hunter Bruchetta, I believe. Uh, hopefully I said that one right. He's also coming in at wide receiver and Frankie Bouchaw at wide receiver as well. So they, they have some names. Coach Abbott thinks that, you know, they have some guys ready to step in. So I'm excited to see what they can do this year. Mitch, what do you see on the defensive side of the ball for Erie Prophetstown? Yeah, well, you mentioned Jace Grunder. He's he's a two-way star. He, he's going to bring back 109 tackles for this team. Uh, two sacks, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries. He's a three-year starter coming back defending a first-team all-conference linebacker. So, really, he's your anchor, right? So, uh, great to have him back. You mentioned Clay Hockaday, another two-way star right on the line, D-tackle. He's really tough to move. Um, he was also a second-team all-conference selection last year. Looking to build on that. Um and this and more of those holes on defenses where coach Abbott was saying that they'll need some newer guys to fill in, but they've got, they've got some guys, uh, Afton Irich, Nate Packer, uh, Bryce Folsom, Tyler Ballard, all guys that coach mentioned in addition to, to Luke Otten and uh, Jeremiah Kokovar. Hopefully, hopefully we announce uh, all those correctly. <laughs> Sorry if we don't. So um, again, a lot of, a lot of returning faces, a lot of new faces and uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing, what they can do week one. I'm looking to see who they might play that week one, Greg. Uh, let me, uh, let me track that down for you. Let's see. I'm going to get it here first. <laughs> Erie Prophetstown will be at home against Mendota. So could be an interesting matchup in week one. You know, who gets off on the right foot? Yeah. Two, two playoff teams uh, seeing who can uh, take that first step to repeating this year. That'd be a yep. good one. Well, Mitch, let's hop to the other side of interstate 88 to the land of the Morrison Mustangs. A year ago, they were two and seven. This, I believe, is uh, Steve Snyder's second year as head coach of Morrison. He says his team is well well ahead of where they were last summer when he was hired. Uh, as weight room and summer workouts have the Mustangs ready to hopefully take that next step and really compete in 2022. So that's a great sign. You know, I think it always... When a new coach comes in, it does take a year to kind of establish themselves and kind of build that foundation of yeah. what they want to do and, the, you know, the scheme and the game plan and how they want to, you know, implement their stuff. So it, that's a good, I think, a good sign for, for the Morrison program. 
Yeah, I think I think he was hired in May. So yeah, you're talking about a short summer window and then right right into fall ball. So um, the good news here for them, not only like what you said, that they're a step ahead of where they were, they've got a lot of production coming back. So they've got their starting quarterback, running back, and their leading receiver all coming back. So this is good news for the Mustangs. Um, you've got Carson Strading. He's a guy to look out for in the conference. He, I think he's one of the best backs in the entire conference. I think he showed it last year as a sophomore, um, and he got a second team all, all track. You got Danny Mao coming back at quarterback. He completed over 50% of his passes on the season. A lot of them throwing to uh, receiver Chase Newman. So those three guys are, are back to anchor that offensive attack for the Mustangs. Um, and, and really, uh, Strading, Newman, and Blake Adams are all names to look for on the defense. So uh, we're talking a lot of two-way players with Erie. We'll talk about that a lot throughout the conference. But you'll see some studs here, I think, uh, on this Morrison team. And they, you know, they'll have a tough test in week one. They go up against Sterling Newman. So nearby rival, um, new head coach in Newman, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, um, yep. you know, tough test for them. And then I think a game to watch for later in the season is against Sherrard. Yeah, that was one of Morrison's wins. That was a 12-6 game in, in week five. So um, that was at Sherrard, too. So, yeah, that's that's a game to watch, see if the Mustangs can get another win. Um over a, a Sherrard team that struggled last year there. We'll talk about them in a minute, see the, the leaps that they can make this season. So, uh, yeah, but like I said, those, those three names that I mentioned and a lot of other players, they're going to be young, but I think they're going to, I think they'll be a little bit better than two and seven this year. All right. Well, let's keep moving right along. Monmouth Roseville, Mitch in 2021, they were six and four. They lost in the first round of the three, a playoffs head coach, Jeremy Adolphson back on the sidelines for Monmouth Roseville, Mitch, this Titans team, might be the most experienced team returning this year in the three rivers. And that's saying something because they were a good team last year and they got a lot yeah. of impact players coming back. Yeah, Greg, this, this is one of the teams that I, I think looking just at least in the rock that I'm maybe the most excited about with what they have coming back. They have the tools to really compete with the Princeton's and the Kiwanis of last season, who I also think will be good this year. Um, but this is a team that I think is really going to make, I mean, they were six and three, they don't have to make a huge leap, but I think they're going to be getting closer to that upper tier, pushing Princeton, pushing Kiwani with what they have coming back. Yeah. I mean, speaking of what they have coming back, Silas Braun returning at quarterback. He was one of the most dynamic playmakers in the area. We already referenced Colby Franks when they played against each other. I was there in Monmouth. That game was fun late in the season. Yep. Ended up kind of determining the uh, winner of the conference. But he's fun to watch. He'll be joined by C.J. Johnson, who plays on both sides of the field. Jerome Jackson returns as Braun's top receiving target. Ethan Clark and Trevor Schneider will anchor the offensive line. So you start talking about a lot of different pieces, Mitch, in a lot of places. Yeah. This I get why you're excited about this uh, Titans team. What do you look for on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, and that's, uh, again, your your offense is only as good as your defense, um, but they've got a lot of production coming back, too, anchored by guys like Ethan Davis, Eddie Esparza, Rhett Willett. So these these are, are guys that are going to be able to complement that offensive unit, uh, hopefully get them the ball as much as they can. Because um, the thing, too, when you have a dynamic offense like that, Greg, the defense might be on the field more often. Uh, you know, they might not have as long of breaks. Um, but I, I think this Titan, this Titan team is really going to be well-rounded. And uh, as I mentioned, I'm excited to watch them. Yeah. Well, they'll get a tough test in week one. I mean, I think it's a game to watch for right out of the gate. Yep. They're at home versus Kiwani. Last year, that game did not, we were excited about that game a year ago and it didn't end up being the close game. We thought it might be, 
This yep. year could be different. I, I'm I'm very curious to see how this game goes. We'll talk more about Kiwani in a little bit, but I think this is kind of a measuring stick right out of the gate for Monmouth. Yeah, um, as as I kind of mentioned, I think they can take that step this year, and <laughs> they'll have to do it in, in week one. So looking forward to that. And we we mentioned it earlier uh, with Riverdale. Uh, the Titans did already find a replacement game. This will be their week seven game against Nokomis. Uh, as we mentioned, they are independent. They went seven and three last season. Um, so they've got that already uh, taken care of and good to see that they'll uh, uh, have a, they, uh, that they have their replacement game already filled in, I should say. Yep. Let's jump to one of Monmouth Roseville's rivals in Orion. Uh, 2021, they were four and five. So a little bit disappointing, a, a, you know, an out of character type season for this Orion Charger team. You're used to seeing them in the playoffs, even winning a playoff game or two. Head coach Chip Filler tells us this is a veteran group with a lot of experience. Uh, the running game and the defense will be their strengths. They do bring in a new quarterback and they have to replace some key linebackers. But Mitch, they got some names coming back, some names that we yeah. talked about a lot last year. Yeah. Um, Cole Kratzberg, uh, again, I, I talked about it with Strading at Morrison. Cole Kratzberg really is going to be one of the top rushers in the conference this year, I believe. He was last year. He comes comes back with an 1,100-yard season, 14 touchdowns last year. I want to say one game he had four or five in a game. Um, really dynamic player on both sides of the ball. Um, as you mentioned, they do need to bring in a new quarterback. I think that might be Drake Gunn, I think. Um, not not too sure how summer workers are going for, for Orion this year or who they might plug in that position. But they've got some guys. They've got Bladen Murdoch, as I mentioned, Drake Gunn. Duncan Adamson, Luke Dunlap, Quincy Perry. So, um, you know, they were four and five last year. We'll talk about their spotlight game here in a minute, but they were four and four going into week nine. They had a game to get into the playoffs, lost that game to Rock Ridge. Um, so, yeah, I, I think as we've talked about with, with uh, Monmouth Roswell, I think this is a team that, that can take that next step. They don't have to do a lot. They just had to take that next step uh, to get back into that playoffs. They'll look good you know, the defending <laughs> uniforms of the year from Orion, that's not going to change. So we know that at least they're going to look good. That's right. They are our, uh, our uni view, uh, you know, best uniform in the area. They, as yeah. won by defending champion as won by a scientific vote by, uh, by myself and, uh, and you. Yeah. So uh, yeah. right out of the gate week one, they're at home against spring Valley hall. I think what stands out to me about that game is when you start looking down your schedule and, you know, if you're Orion, you want to find those games that you can win and build some confidence, build some momentum. This is a Spring Valley Hall team that has a new head coach. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But I think yep. if you want to try to catch them before they're maybe set and established, you know, that's a game you got to look at. And on the flip side, when we talk about Hall, they're probably thinking the same thing. Like, if you right. know, to build that momentum right out of the gate. That's a game that I really, that intrigues me. What's your spotlight game for Orion, Mitch? Yeah, I kind of mentioned it. They are going to rematch with Rock Ridge in week nine. Uh, again, both teams last season were four and four. Winner was uh, probably, you know, going to be going to the playoffs. And sure enough, Rock Ridge did get that win and did go to the playoffs. So uh, I'm looking forward to that rematch. See if Orion can uh, hopefully not be in that same sort of predicament this season, but uh, maybe hope to extract some revenge on the Rockets. I mean, I don't hope that they're in that situation necessarily, but it does make for good drama and good podcast yeah. fodder. So. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move uh, not too far away at all in Sherrard. Last year, they were 0-9 in Brandon Johnston's first year out in Sherrard. He's there now for his second season. 
again, we've talked about when a head coach gets in and gets going, I am really curious to see what he can do with now a full year to develop that program. You know, Sherrard kind of needed a rebuild and he's in the process of doing that. So we'll see what Brandon Johnston can do. And it, you know, it's only uphill from here. You know, the, it, it's only positive steps from here being that you were 0-9 a year ago. So we'll see what Sherrard can do in his second season. Yeah, just didn't have a whole lot of offense last season. Uh, but it, but again, there, there's reasons to believe why that was. Played Riverdale tough at the end of the year. So, uh, you know, maybe they're making some strides towards the end of the season. Now that they've had a full off season to prepare. Um, yeah, we'll look to see how Sherrard looks this year in, uh, in Coach Johnson's second year. Uh, literally, Mitch, we're going to look to see how they look mm -hmm. because they have new uniforms. And Brandon Johnston even kind of teased a new helmet in 2022. So, Mitch, that's exciting stuff because we know we know how it goes. Look good, yeah. play good. That's you know that's the mantra. That's how it goes. Yeah, they they had that uh, that LSU style kind of kind of mimics Mendota a little bit in the conference. You don't see that a whole lot where teams kind of share a, a, a color scheme. But so yeah, looking to see how they might di differentiate themselves and uh, maybe modernize their look a little bit. Yeah. Well, let's move to another nearby school, another rival of Sherrard in Rock Ridge. 2021 they finished the season at five and five five and four in the regular season lost a thriller of a game in round one to top seeded tri-valley mitch we talked going into that playoff game a year ago that mm -hmm. that's a sneaky good five and four rockridge team and yep. i think tri-valley got all they could handle in that one yeah that, that game was was a lot of fun um brayden deem who is not who has moved on from the, the program on a college um, and, and that, that roster and the roster that comes back, by the way, but that was, that was such a fun game. I think it was like 50 to 48, something like that. So, um, yeah, kind of another team that we talked about really within this division with Monta Roseville, um, and with Erie Provincetown, a dynamic offense. They're going to have to replace quarterback here this year. Uh, again, we mentioned, uh, Braden Dean, but they've got some really good players coming back. Yeah. Those offensive players we talked about last year. Peyton Locke is back as halfback. Alex Zarlatanis is back in the backfield. Cameron Bonzak is a wide receiver. Also, Connor Deem is yep. in as a wide receiver as well. He made an impact for the Rockets a year ago. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, they're going to have to rebuild their offensive line, and they're going to have to play better defense. Uh, head coach Sam Graves, we should mention, uh, Sam Graves was the Rockridge head coach a few years ago. He is now back in as head coach. I mean, he admitted as much that they, they need to play better defense. And I think we saw it as the games played out last year. We'll see if they can, uh, you know, get that done. And I think that there's success is very possible for this Rockets team. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, for, for your comments sake and for their sake, they're going to have to really be ready for that week one. They're, they play the champs uh, right off the bat, never an easy game. They do have it at home, um, but that week one game against Princeton will, uh, will set the tone. Week one against Princeton, but Mitch, the spotlight game I'm looking for with Rock Ridge is a game I was at last year, week four versus Erie Prophetstown, a rematch of a 50 to 48 game, which Erie Prophetstown came out on top. Man, what a wild game that was. I'm excited to see if they can put up the same kind of fireworks again. Yeah, two, two really good offenses and, and should be two really good offenses again this year. So both teams looking to improve on defense. We'll see who comes out on top that night. All right. Well, Mitch, before we move into the other half of the three rivers, let's look through the teams we've talked about. First of all, 
We'll start with who's your dark horse. And by dark horse, I mean the team that's going to make an improvement, not necessarily win the conference, but they're going to turn that corner and look better than they did a year ago. Yeah, I think, I think I kind of spoiled it earlier. I'm going to say Monmouth Rose. I'm going to, I'm going to put my, my prediction hat on. I'm going to say they're going to be my, my rock champions this year. Okay. Um, I just think they have so much coming back, so much experience on the offensive side of the ball. Um, six and three a year ago. So, um, you know, they were one game behind Erie Prophesan. I think they were seven and two. Yep. Um, but I think they just bring back so much talent that they're, uh, again, my, my pick to win this division and a dark horse for me to really uh, maybe be in that conversation to be the conference champion overall. All right. I, so you're kind of combining then your dark horse and your pick to win the conference. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, okay. It's, it's only dark horse because they're not the defending champion, I suppose. So I guess it's cheating in a little bit, but you know, I, I think I th we talked about it too. I, I think Orion has what it takes to take that next step. I think Morrison has it. So I think you'll see better teams. Um, but I think in the end of at the end of week nine, it'll be Mama Rose will be in the rock champs. So I will agree with you that my, I, I think my favorite to win this side of the conference is Monmouth Roseville. I will say my, my dark horse to improve is along with what you just said in Orion. I like what Orion's got coming back. And I think that they can make an improvement from that four and five record and, you know, get into the playoffs and, you know, depending on, you never know what happens. You know, if you get a good draw, you can win a few games in the playoffs. I like Orion to improve and to be playing after week nine uh, in this yep. season. Yep. Well, Mitch, let's jump over to the other half here into the Three Rivers, Mississippi. And when we talk about the Mississippi side of the Three Rivers, I think we got to start with two teams, that mm. being Kiwani and Princeton. Mm -hmm. We'll start in Kiwani because they were the, the co-Mississippi champs with Princeton, but they came away with the win in the rivalry game. So right. that's a long-winded way of saying we'll start with Kiwani. But anyway, <laughs> they were 9-2 and two a year ago. They lost in the second round of the 4A playoffs. But what an exciting season for Brad Swanson and the Boilermakers. They start at 8-0, and earn their first playoff victory in a long time, I believe. It had been quite a while since they had had a playoff win. Yeah. And they got it in last-second field goal, dramatic fashion, just a really good story in Kiwani for a program that had been hungry for that success. And they saw it last year. Yeah. Am I, am I remembering this right? And this is, this is where we need to have the Brian stocking bat signal. Wasn't, wasn't like the first time in like 120 years that Kiwani had been eight. and zero. it was something like, it was something like incredibly long. Yes. It, it had been a really long time. And I'm trying to remember when they last won a playoff game, but um yeah, it seemed like it had been okay. a while. So, yes, yeah, I, we, we, do. we need Brian Stocking on here on yeah. Twitter at Brian Stocking. He'll he'll get at us. He'll, <laughs> he'll let us know. And they were they were really close to going undefeated in the regular season. It was I think it was maybe not last second, but a really close uh, or, or last uh, fourth quarter win comeback by Newman. They won by three that game. So that'll be a spotlight game. We'll talk about here in a second as, as more of a rematch for Kiwani. But yeah. Um, how do you how do you sustain what you did last season? It was so good. It was so impressive. Um, like you said, Coach Swanson uh, and that team really just made their claim. Uh, you know, beating Princeton in the regular season. So, um, how do you follow that up 
Coach Juan said that his keys to the success for this group are going to be for his seniors to be leaders. Um, he wants them to play the right way and, and to have fun. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. Um, you mentioned that that last second playoff win, the hero that was Brady Clark. He's a two-way star. He's back um, as is Cor Corbin Powers on the offensive line. So they've got some names coming back. They've got some talent. And uh, again, we'll see how what their sophomore actor, I should say, here in, uh, in 2022 is. How did they follow up last season? Yeah, we already talked about their week one game against Monmouth Roseville. I think that one's huge. And the game that gets everybody's attention every year is Princeton and Kiwani. That, that's the rivalry yeah. game in our area. That's in week five. And I think once again, that's going to have huge implications on who wins this side of the three yep. rivers. So speaking of Princeton, let's jump right into the Princeton Tigers. They were co-Mississippi champs along with Kiwani. They were 10-2. and two. They advanced to the 3A quarterfinals under head coach Ryan Pearson. They're looking for their fifth straight track championship. What Ryan Pearson is putting together out in Princeton has been really impressive. They return eight starters on defense. A lot of those players also make up the dynamic offense that is coming back for the Tigers. And when we're talking about the dynamic playmakers for the Princeton Tigers, we got to start with quarterback Tegan Davis. Mitch, he's impressive. He, he is fun to watch. My number one fantasy player last season on the podcast. Um, That's right. That's right. Just, yeah, he is one of the best talents that we've seen in a while. And that was his first year playing quarterback. He, he made the transition from uh, receiver. So, um what what does he have in store this year? You know, um, I, I think we're really going to see an impressive performance from him. But I was looking at the names that are coming back and it was just like, wow, this is much better than I thought it would have it been. You got guys like Augie Christensen, Danny Chihaki. They all return to not only be stars in the offense, but they really anchored that Tiger defense, too. Um, and, and so the names that just all names that we mentioned last season on this team. And that just makes it really exciting to see how Princeton can do better than a three, a quarterfinal, uh, you know, performance last season. Yeah. I mean, I almost forgot until you mentioned it, that yeah, Tegan Davis just took over at quarterback last year before that he had been like, he'd been kind of a slot wide receiver and, you know, really used his speed in, in the open space in the open field. So that man, that's fun to think back about, you know, obviously, the week five matchup against Kiwani is huge, but look ahead at week nine, Mitch. Yep. Week nine opponent against Monmouth Roseville. That's an yep. interesting one. Yeah. I, that was, this is, that's the last second add to the notes here. Cause I wanted to see if they played each other and sure enough, they do. Um, I, I'm going to think by then both teams will have their playoff fate sealed. Um, so it won't have too much to do uh, for their playoff uh, rankings, but it might have some bragging rights because maybe those are going to be the two top teams in their respective divisions. And, and someone might lay claim to uh, an overall champ, if you will. Yeah, that that's, that's going to be a fun one uh, come week nine. Cause that those are going to be two, like you said, should be two playoff teams, two talented football teams tuning up for, you know, possible playoff run. Mm -hmm. well, let's head to the land of the storm. Bureau Valley was three and six a year ago under head coach, Matt Pistol. They did make some strides in 2021. They started 2-0, and they won their last game of the season. So, you know, that was steps in the right direction for this program. Now it's about putting it all together and seeing if they can compete for nine weeks. I think, you know, to do that, Coach Pistol said they need to take advantage of the experience they have 
on offensive and defensive side of the line. And, you know, what else goes into that? Developing a young backfield and, you know, having some success on the ground. Mitch, what do you see in Bureau Valley coming into 2022? Yeah, um, a team that, that that coach has said just needs to improve on doing more of the little things right, you know, tackling, um, just putting all the things together like you were talking about. They, they won on the bookends of their season. Now how can they do in the seven games in between? So um, they do have experience coming back. They've got uh, three, a, a handful of three-year starters and all-conference players coming back, most notably Connor Scott. Um, one of the best linebackers in the entire conference. So um, if you're going to play better defense, it's good to have a guy like him coming back. Other guys on the line, John Dybeck and Ayes Martin are returning, all-conference linemen, three-year starters there. Uh, Cam Lilly, he's been a three-year starter at center. Um, and then a couple of guys, you're going to see Brock Shane, Isaac Adding, two, two names that I think we'll talk about a lot when we talk about game recaps. Um, so, yeah, there were, we, we saw it, we saw the strides they made last year. So this is just another season for them to just continue getting better brick by brick. Um, we know what this program has done in the past. Um, and, and so it's just about keeping, you know, uh, taking this one step at a time, I should say. It's one thing to have experience, but what stands out to me is multiple guys with three years of varsity experience. You don't find that a lot. And I, I think yeah. what, what is so critical in that is that, yep, these, these kids have, you know, they've taken their lumps, you know, they've been three-year starters and it's been a struggle, but here they are. No, no moment should be too big for them now. You know, they've been there, they've done that, they've seen it. We'll see if that can pay off for them, if that can help them out. What's an interesting scheduling quirk for them is week one, they were scheduled to go up against Riverdale. So now it's like, man, for a team that's kind of itching to, you know, get going like any team, I guess. I mean, you know, every team's ready to get going They're I'm imagining they're struggling to find a week one opponent. That's probably tough to find at this time of year. So we'll yeah. see what they can end up getting, but I guess worst case scenario, you start one and oh, so, you know, there's yeah. that one. one and, yeah. One and oh, in an extra week, like you said, it's tough to get uh, geared up throughout all summer and, and, and starting fall ball already. And then you get the news that, okay, I don't have a week one opponent anymore. So, um, Hopefully they're handling that well and they got their, you know, uh, they're mentally strong to, to overcome that because it's nothing that obviously they can they can control. But if they can find a game, great. If they don't use that week to, to get better and uh, get going on week two, one and oh. Yeah. Spotlight game for them looking down the road. Week six against Peru St. Bede. Peru St. Bede, a good football team, a playoff football team last year. And Bureau Valley played them really close. So that's yeah. one that you kind of look at and think, can Bureau Valley take that step and get, you know, knock off a team like that that has had recent success? That's a game that stands out to me for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Let's look at Mendota, the Mendota Trojans. Good season a year ago, five and four regular season, lost in the 3A playoffs in the first round, but a really good year for head coach Keegan Hill. Coach Hill said making the playoffs last season really gives this returning group that boost. And it also adds that heightened expectations. And Mitch, I think that's huge for high school kids to see that success is possible in your program. For a program that hadn't had success in recent years, these kids needed that as that spark. And I think that could go a long way for this team moving forward. Yeah, um, certainly. You know, I think if I remember right, Mendota started 5-0 and and then lost their last four regular season games and then... Um, in that, in that first round of the playoffs. So you, hopefully that didn't derail that sort of thing. It shouldn't, because as you said, that experience is, 
is, is like nothing else. So um, if, if they have either that hunger in them or at least knowing what it takes to succeed, uh, having been to the playoffs now, um, hopefully they, they all have that in the back of their minds. They do have to replace a pretty big piece at quarterback in Ted Langraff, really good player from last year. Um, but Coach Hill does believe he might have an answer there with Justin Randolph. He did get some snaps in last year. He'll be taking over the reins at quarterback. Yep. And the Trojans also return a good amount of size and they have some speed in their playmakers. Tony Childs was a running back. We talked a little bit about Isaac Smith at wide receiver, Neil Linden at center, also Jordan Coney on, on the offensive line. And on the defensive side of the ball, Jose Rocco was a defensive lineman. Mitch, I believe Jose was the lineman that uh, had the touchdown, right? I believe that's right. Yeah, that name sounds uh, very familiar. What a, what a play that was, if you can find it. We, we certainly have spread it around and uh, it, it made the rounds. That was fun. Yeah, so he'll be there along with J.P. Belmonte, Garrett Zink, and Charles Heading um, at linebacker. So, you know, a core on defense and some guys on offense. So, you know, I'm curious to see um, kind of similar to that Erie Prophetstown type of situation where Mendota wants to make sure this isn't a one and done, you know, playoff program. They want to be back year in and year out. So that's kind of the test for Keegan Hill and for this Trojans ball club. So best of luck to them in 2022. Mitch, moving right along, Peru St. Bede, a team we just talked about a minute ago in 2021. They were seven and two. They, defeat, they defeated Hope Academy in the first round of the playoffs before falling to Ridgeview Lexington. Now, a name we talked a lot about for them last year has graduated. Tyreek Fortney is headed to Illinois State as a preferred walk-on. So huge credit to him. He was a, he was a dynamic playmaker for that yeah. Bruins football team. But they do return quarterback John Brady, all three rivers, second teamer. He had nearly 1,700 passing yards and 14 touchdowns. So they have some, uh, you know, they have some experience coming back on the offensive side of the ball and a few guys on defense as well. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to, to Brady, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does this season. Obviously, Fortney was a big target for him. They, they would they would move Fortney out to receiver. He'd be a big target or they, you know, run uh, passes to him out of the backfield. So looking forward to seeing what he can do in, in this season because he was really impressive last year. Uh, on the defensive side, yeah, they'll return a couple of guys, Ryan Brady and uh, Callan Hoonberg. Um, and, and again, you said this was a team that was seven and two last year. They got a playoff win, was hoping that they would have beat Ridgeville Lexington and, and they would have played Lena Winslow uh, in the quarterfinals. That Ridgeville team was really good. Um, but I was super impressed with the Bruins last season and looking forward to see what they what they do this year. Yep, absolutely. Mitch, moving not too far away from Peru St. Bede, we'll go to Spring Valley Hall. A year ago in 2021, they were one and eight. Head coach, new head coach, a return to the familiar. Randy Teeman is back after a two-year absence at Spring Valley Hall. He had an impressive eight-year stint as head coach previously, led the Red Devils to a 45-39 and record. They went 6-0 and won the track Mississippi back in 2017. And a big piece he has coming back, one of the best running backs in the conference, Mac Resetich. 800 yards rushing, 400 yards receiving a season ago. So that's a great building block. That's a great starting piece for Teeman and this Red Devils football team. Yeah, I think Resetich had five touchdowns in their one win. So they, they definitely have a good piece there. Um, one, of the, one of the better running backs in the conference. 
Um, and good to have him back defensively. Joe Schrader is back. He had 57 tackles last season, five for loss, two sacks. Um, and, you know, coach team likes his, his speed going into the season. So we talked about that with, with Erie and, um, we saw how, how well they utilized that last year. So looking for Hall to kind of do the same, like you said, build on that one and eight season last year um, and get back to where they were not, not too long ago. 2017 wasn't all that long ago. So um, hopefully uh, they'll have the boys ready and uh, a week one game against Orion. Yep. Week one game against Orion. And then fast forward to the end of their schedule, you know, spotlight game for them week nine against Bureau Valley. You know, a team in Bureau Valley that we said was three and six, but has a lot of experience coming back. But Spring Valley Hall was one and eight a year ago. Can they kind of turn the corner as well? That's an interesting matchup to see where those teams will be sitting in week nine. And if that's a game of, um, you know, of importance, you know, later in the season. Let's head to Sterling Newman. Mitch, the team that, you know, they kind of last but not least, certainly Sterling Newman is always in the conversation when we're talking three reverse football. 2021, they were seven and three. They advanced the second round, or sorry, seven and four overall. They advanced the second round of the 2A playoffs. They got a win over Mercer County in round one. New head coach this year in Mike LeMay. We've talked about it in previous podcasts. But Mitch, tell me this doesn't sound like a Newman football team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> playing, playing as one unit, learning and executing new schemes, playing with confidence through fundamentals. Have you heard yeah, that I before? Think- yeah, I think that's the credo of the blue machine as since what 1960 or so. So, yeah, the more things change, the more they stay the same for Newman. But Coach May has said that he wants his team to be a little bit, maybe more dynamic, maybe a little bit more versatile uh, as opposed to previous teams that we've seen before. So maybe he's got some wrinkles in his sleeve. Uh, Ten years as the D coordinator at Sterling, um, you know, now he's got his hands all over the program here, his his alma mater. So. Uh, I'm really interested to see where he takes this program. Uh, He's got some good players coming back. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's look on the offensive side of the ball. Nolan Britt, Hunter Leando, Aiden Batten, and JJ Castle. Mitch on the defensive side of the ball, Carter Rude. I think there's always a Rude somewhere on the field for Newman. That's like a rule that that has to be the case. Uh, Yeah. There's just a lot, just a line of succession of Rudes. Yeah, absolutely. And that, a line of success is what they're right, always yeah, winning too. Yep. So uh, Quentin Williams, Gabe Padilla, Hayden Witt, some names to watch for on the defensive side of the ball for Newman. Mitch, uh, most importantly, have you talked to uh, Coach LeMay yet? You guys are, uh, you know, old buddies from back in the day. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, he's understandably very busy, but um, yeah, we've talked about before. Mike and I competed against one another. We were in the same great in the same uh, high school class, so we we competed at uh, at Morrison and Newman, and then we went to Ambrose together. He played football, um, had a had an unbelievable career there for the bees. So yeah, Mike and I go back, um, and I wish him all the all the success, and hopefully we will talk to him at some point in the season. And um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see where this team goes. You know, they were. Greg, am I remembering this right? That they were like th- three and three, I think, to start the season, and then they they really turned it on on the back half, and then, like you said, got that that playoff win before eventually falling to the the eventual two A champs in Wilmington. Yeah, they battled through injuries, I think, throughout the season, yeah. and then I think yeah. once they got full strength near the end, you really saw kind of that Newman, you know, football team, so yep. uh, that you you know come to expect. Uh, they start at Morrison in week one. And then, man, the next week they go up against Rock Ridge, and that could be a really interesting one to see 
where these teams are at when when you're talking about long-term success in the conference and into the you know postseason potential postseason yeah they've got they've got a tough a tough sled here um because they've got princeton in week six and then they've got kiwani in week nine so um yeah a, a couple of big games for them so uh coach the may and that that comet team is really going to have their hands full this season uh, but they'll certainly be looking looking to get back to where they usually are in uh, in the playoffs. Well, Mitch, we'll start with the uh, the question we always ask. Then, who's your favorite yeah. in the Three Rivers, Mississippi? And it is it is loaded. There is a lot of good football in this conference. Yeah, a lot of good football. But I'm I'm going to channel all the good football that's at one that one school. Uh, again, I, I didn't really hide my excitement too well earlier it's Princeton it's it's always Princeton um I, I just think that Tegan Davis is going to be one of the best players in the conference um and all those you know other names Christensen Chihaki CJ Hickey at, at running back so um I really think that they'll they'll be the singular champs of the Mississippi conference this year and, and again probably be staking their claim um as the, as the overall, not, not that they award it, but the overall champion of the conference. I'm, I really hope that them and Monmouth Roseville are really sitting good record wise in that week nine matchup. Cause that, that'll be a very, really fun game. Yeah. I'm, I'm I know there's, you know, not much uh, controversy or, or debate, but I'm going to agree with you. I think Princeton is the favorite on this side as well. For all the reasons you said, I, I think that they're uh, they're a team that I look to be near the top at the top of that conference Mitch, when I start looking at a dark horse or a team that I think is going to improve, it's tough. I'm going to say Bureau Valley. I think that there are some wins out there in their schedule, and I think that maybe if they're able to pull what would be maybe perceived as an upset along the way, I think there's a chance at five wins for Bureau Valley. I think they could be a potential playoff team if things things fall in the right places for them. You have anybody else that stands out to you? I think Hall will be better than one and eight this year. Um, yep. I, I think with, with a returning coach and, and returning running back and, and Mac Rosetich, um, and he, the coach mentioned that he likes his speed. I, I think that they'll do well. They've got winnable games on their schedule. So I, I think they'll be better than one and eight this year. All right, there you go. Mitch, we have run it all down. That's the three yeah. rivers conference, both sides, the rock and the Mississippi this has been a ton of fun. I'm excited to get into it. Uh, I'm excited to start talking about the games as uh, as they roll in week by week. This is always a conference that's full of interesting matchups and, you know, yeah. a lot of discussion. It leads to a lot of discussion. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, and as we mentioned, our, our favorites are really two teams that have been favorites in the past. But I think those, you call it second tier, but just teams right behind them, I think are going to make some transitions. Some teams are going to make a leap. Some teams might take a step back. So I think we'll see some transition this year for sure. But uh, as, as we both mentioned, favorites being Monmouth Roseville uh, and, and Princeton. Mitch, we got plenty of teams and players to preview. Yeah. Next week will be our Lincoln Trail Conference season preview. But that'll do it for today. Mitch, thanks for being here. Next week, we'll be right back and we'll be talking Lincoln Trail Conference season preview. Sounds good. We're, we're just about a month away from, uh, from week one. So we got some work to do, but uh, we're going to get these previews going and, and can't wait for, uh, for these games to start. Exactly. Can't wait. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. 
That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.